Welcome back to Turn Up, Turn Down. I'm John Potts. I'm Eric Torres. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all the feedback uh, we've been getting. Thank you for listening. We've got a treat for you this week. We actually recorded some music for this music. podcast about yeah. recording music. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we mic'd up some guitars, a um, couple different configurations, mic technique. We're going to talk about when you might use them, when you might not want to use them, and we'll give you our, uh, our preference as well. All right, let's go. All right, so the first thing we recorded was an acoustic guitar. Why is that, Eric? It seems like that's how a lot of songs start, right? Yep. You know, just a guitar vocal, writing a song, um, especially <laughs> in Nashville. We Absolutely. Get, we get a lot of those. So why not start where it starts a lot of times? <laughs> Sounds like a good starting point. <laughs> so there's a lot of ways you can go about this, and we'll, we'll get into that when we listen to the examples. But some things to think about would be, is this a demo? Is this something that is the bass you know, the basic part of a track that's going to have more put around it. And right. that's kind of why you would use these different techniques. And we'll we'll kind of get into that as we listen to them. Right. You can always just stick any microphone up in front of a guitar and it's going to sound like guitar. Sure. But again, if you want some space around it, if you, uh, if you want some options later on, sometimes it's good to have a little safety net and one, one mic is great, but sometimes having two, that way you can affect one differently and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, we're going to listen to that and talk about it even more for the acoustic guitar we used a mojave audio ma200 it's a small diaphragm tube condenser great mic i love it on all acoustic instruments overheads all kinds of stuff but acoustic guitar it's great we also used the audio technica 4050 it's a large diaphragm condenser we use that because it has a figure eight polar pattern for one of the mic techniques we used and also a f cascade fathead that's right right that's a ribbon mic. That's a ribbon mic. It's, <laughs> it's John's. He's had it for a while, and yeah, we both love it. It's all. It's also a figure eight. All ribbons are figure eight, um, but it's 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 a real different character than a condenser. So it kind of gives you two things to compare to. Yeah, uh, the preamp we use is a Crane Song Flamingo, just clean, no other processing. Actually, that's not true. There is a high pass filter at eighty hertz. It's acoustic guitar, so there you go. We recorded it in a vocal booth that's well treated, not yeah. not large, but also not tiny. Yeah, maybe uh, like eight by ten, and it's very it is very treated. It's pretty dead room, um, but you know you, there's still some life around. There's still some air around it. The first thing I think we're going to listen to is just just the MA two hundred twelfth fret, maybe about a foot off the guitar, a sort of. Uh, standard, let's call it standard mic technique for, uh, for acoustic. Let's check it out. Also, that's a Baden D-style guitar that I'm playing. Uh, it's sort of a dreadnought kind of body style, and uh, which is sort of broad spectrum. It has that big low end, but also articulation up top. 
Right. It, that that guitar specifically, I love the way it records. It it's full, but it's not too fat. It's got nice top end, but it's not spiky. It's it's just really good. I think that technique, the twelfth fret mono small diaphragm condenser, is a great um, technique for guitars where you're going to build around them in a mix. You've got other electrics, maybe country. You'd have steel or something, you know, else going on that's going to be broadly in the same audio frequency spectrum and so you don't necessarily want to fill it all up with just the acoustic yeah and like 12th fret that's a good balance between the sound hole where you'd get that real woofy and if it's going to be an the only thing in the track then that might be you want to take mm-hmm. up some more of that low end um and take up more space in the track uh 12th fret maybe about a foot off it like i said just gives it some space to breathe you're not getting all that direct sound it's got some air around it and makes for uh, makes it you know, nice to sit in a mix that way usually. Absolutely. Yeah. If you mic it a little bit further down the fretboard, that can be cool in some situations, but it's going to be more of a percussive thing. Right. Or a rhythmic thing than it is a tonal thing. Yeah, that's like a, sometimes like a parlor guitar and you're, you're wanting right. that real chick 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 yep. chick chick Absolutely. You can get that. If you mic it way up on the fretboard, you get that string noise. kind of makes more sense. Yep. Yeah. So after that, um, we're going to listen to a much different sounding mic, just a mono ribbon microphone. So that, that's a figure eight. So you're going to get a little information from, from the back of the, the mic as well. So you get a little more room, but also you're going to hear it's much darker. Um, let's not talk about it. Let's just, let's just listen to it. So, John, what do you hear? What are the big differences you hear right off the bat? Well, that's definitely woofier, right? Yep. It's got that uh, low-mid thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's less articulate in general. It's not catching that um, fret hand yep. sp- string movement. As, you don't get that scrape. Right, yeah. So you could think of situations where this would be good. If you've got an overly bright guitar, this would be a great type of mic to use for it. If you've got a dark guitar, I would avoid it. <laughs> yeah, it's got that vintage feel to it to me, um, like uh, like Amos Lee. Okay, you know, like live where it's picking up a little less, just all that sizzle and stuff. And obviously, you can e- EQ some in later and that sort of thing, but it just feels kind of indie to me. I, I don't know. That that's a yeah. It it's certainly not something that would work for everything it may not even work for most things but i feel like there's going to be some things that it's the only thing that works for it right you hear that and it has a sound very specific and you just go man you can almost i can at least like you kind of picture the song that that works for right you know i kind of have the song in my head that's why i say amos lee and uh this is good sounds cool it's a good sound for if you've got a real sparse mix you've got maybe some drums where it's just like kick snare with brushes yeah you know maybe upright or even electric bass and then this Roomy, guitar like just a yeah just overhead you've got, yeah you've got a, a little yeah. bit of the ambience in it this is a good sound that would kind of fill that out mellow yep i love it i think it sounds so cool it, it it's very cool yeah it's very different from the condenser that's for sure so the next technique we used is an xy pattern it's two small diaphragm condensers where the um capsules are in a 90 degree angle Yes. It's about a foot off, same same kind of distance as the mono mics. And we'll play it and then we'll talk about how different it is. Mm-hmm. 
So going back and hearing that again, the, that mic right after the the ribbon, you hear it again, just how different it is. And what's cool about that, so you have one that's sort of pointing up towards the fretboard, and you have the other one that's sort of pointing to the sound hole. So you get both of those. It's two mics, though, and it has a lot, it has some space around it. Maybe not a lot more space. That room's not that roomy, but you have some space to it. Um, you can hear it's not quite balanced level-wise. You know, I try to match it as good as we can level-wise, but just the way the guitar is reacting in the room and you're playing it, it's not going to be exactly the same. It's not pointing at the same uh, spot on the guitar. So it has a little bit of that left-right. It just has a little more movement to me as well. Absolutely. Definitely when you're recording uh, a stereo acoustic guitar that close, you know, even just a foot, foot away, um, any sort of movement in the guitar is going to be a, a wild movement yeah. <laughs> in, in the, uh, the spectrum there. I love that sound. It sounds so full. It sounds so articulate. I think that's a beautiful sound for a solo acoustic recording. If you've got just a voice and a guitar and maybe something that's filling out some ambience behind it, you got organ, something like that. That that to me is just that's one of the top ways I would I would record that. Yeah, it takes up that space. It's got the shimmer on the top end from the one mic pointing towards the fretboard, the body, not to be redundant, but it's got that low end, so it just feels out fills out more spectrum, uh sound spectrum and it just sounds great <laughs> those that uh those mics really complement that guitar too so the I, sensitivity I like of the condenser especially a small diaphragm yeah and that is really key because you've got these notes that don't sustain very long right and then you've got all these other little movements it kind of just keeps it going longer even if there's space in the arrangement that it's still there's sound happening that it's catching yeah it's it's really beautiful and you do you get that you get that tick that scrape so you get the you can really move the song back, you get those long, elongated downstrokes. Yep. You get that, and it moves back and forth. It's great. Love it. So the next one we did is a spaced pair, which is the same two mics, but instead of an XY pattern, they're about a foot apart, pointing yeah. directly at the guitar. That's right. So how do you feel that differs from the XY? It doesn't sound as bright to me. I, th I think um, being that, you know, the, with the XY, the mics are at the same position on the guitar. They're just pointed at different spots. But I, I feel like that makes them sound a little more sim similar. These sound completely different. They're, they're actually facing, they're facing different spots, and they are locationally different spots on the guitar as well. Yeah, I... It's certainly a lot wider, um, and that you know we have it panned hard right and hard left. Yeah, um, it may benefit from being a little narrower, but still stereo. I I feel like almost that's too wide. Yeah, it's all it's a little unnatural. It sounds more like a piano to me. Right, right, right where right. you've got a, a a real wide spread. I, I don't listen to an acoustic guitar and hear it. The, only the low end. Spots, yeah, right. Two different things. But it it's definitely cool. And again, it's something that I think could work where you've got either a solo instrument or voice that's supposed to be the main focus in the middle, and this can kind of fill around it. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the XY just listening to them back-to-back -back like that. I like the XY a little bit better. I think it probably right. has more application. Well, and I guess think if you think about it, it's a little more natural as well, the way your ears work. Right. Your head is the focal point, 
And same thing with those mics. They are the same kind of center position with different, you know, one facing this way, one facing the other way, kind of like your ears. So it's uh, it's more natural sounding. Now, the other thing I like to do sometimes, uh, we'll just look at another example with the same kind of mic technique, but you can mess with the panning. It's it's on a stereo track, two mics, but you can you can kind of place it, you know, in the in the room or in in the mix, just by panning maybe like one in the middle and one off to the right, and um, let's check that out. So that's still the body, the one that's at the body is panned up the middle and the one that's at the fretboard is panned hard left. That's a cool sound to me because like it, it just kind of has, it gives you that kind of center presence, but it pulls your ear to the left. And if you had that, something balancing it off to the other side, I think it's a really cool sound. It has that low end, a little more low end energy in the middle with a little shimmer elsewhere and a little, little ambience. Yeah, it, it kind of fixes the problem I had with the space pair. It doesn't sound as unnatural. It's closer together, and the blend of the low and the, the high is really nice Yeah, on that. And you can play with which one you want up the middle. Do you want the low guy up the middle, or do you want it more dominant, the, the low end off to the side? and the You know, you can, you can play with panning. <laughs> you have knobs <laughs> for that. Uh, but you can get a bunch of different sounds from one pair of mics. So last one we have is midside, right? Midside, yes. So midside is a mono condenser with a, um, in this case, a um, figure eight condenser that is um, 90 degrees from it. So the capsule is facing um, the opposite, well, the sides of the room, yes. and, and the, uh, the, the condenser is facing straight towards the guitar. You have to do some playing with the, you have to duplicate stuff and flip phases. There used to be uh, something called a mid-side matrix you had to plug into on these old consoles to do this uh, sort of routing for you behind the scenes. But with the magic of Pro Tools, we could just <laughs> do it in the box. And it's an interesting sound. It doesn't always work, but it's, it's definitely different. It's a different stereo technique than what we've listened to so far. So you can hear how that's a lot narrower than the other stereo techniques we've done. Definitely. What The way you mix this is you have a mono track with the condenser and then the stereo mics usually group together and you can fade them up or down based on how you like the mix. I don't necessarily love the way this sounds. I think that room might be too small for it or there's not it's not live enough maybe. Yeah, that makes a big difference. And, and so it kind of sounds a little phasey. Yeah. But... Um, What's cool about this technique to me is that you can do it and have the sides all the way down until you come to a part of the song where maybe everything drops out and it's just the acoustic. And then you can fade up fade up the sides and give it just a little space for moments in a mix. And it's kind of the same thing Eric was talking about earlier is you might want to have backups or 
other options that you record. And instead of setting up a mono and then a stereo, you know, and using three mics, you can do this with two. So it's kind of a cool, and it's definitely not, again, it's not really wide. You wouldn't want to go from a mono sound to a really wide sound, you know, abruptly in a mix. That can be strange. Right. So it's kind of good for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you also have the the side mic, the figure eight mic, you can just use it in a section as well, and it's going to have a totally different thing. We don't we don't have an example of that, but if you're at home and you and you try that out or in the studio, mess with it because it's a much different sounding um, acoustic guitar than you would normally expect to hear. Just a just a cool production thing you could do as well. That brings up a good point about trying these at home. We're going to put pictures on Instagram for all the techniques we remembered to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> we got just about everything. I, I think there's maybe one minor one we didn't grab. <laughs> so check those out. Yeah, uh, that that is Turn Up, Turn Down Podcast on Instagram. Like, follow, subscribe. <laughs> so after we... <laughs> <laughs> like, like the mid-show plug. Yeah, that's great. So after we did these acoustic guitars, we thought, let's give them a little treat. We had an amp here. Let's rock! <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I, I backed away from the mic when you're supposed to get on the thing and rock. You want to try it again? <laughs> One more time. My throat's too dry. <laughs> Woo. I can... should edit that out, but I won't. No. I think it's important to let people know how much you may or may not rock. I don't. Apparently, I don't rock <laughs> at all today. So we have uh, an AC-15 uh, 1x12 combo amp that we mic'd with two different microphones. We used a SM57 Shure dynamic mic, and we also used the same Fathead con- uh, ribbon that we used in the acoustic examples. Played same kind of concept, played the same part a couple different ways, and moved the mics around. We'll let you kind of hear how it sounds. There's some of these, in my opinion, sound incredible. Some of <laughs> yeah, them, it's a really nice tone. Yeah. It's good. Some of them sound really bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> some, some not good Not technique. as bad as my, my fake scream. So no, we're good. that's a good point. All right, so let's hear it. That sounds really nice. I like that. That's just the 57 pointing straight at the speaker, but off-centered, closer to the, you know, the outside of the speaker as opposed to the, the center cone. About, I, I make a fist and then stick my thumb out. So what is that? It's probably about six, seven inches away from the speaker. Yeah. So you can hear the classic fifty-seven bark. Yeah. In that the in it does you know the AC fifteen is a pretty mid-heavy amp anyway. And I was playing a Telecaster, so again we're kind of really crunching, <laughs> crunching that <laughs> mid frequency. But it's it's still a good. It's got a, a nice warmth to it. Yeah, there's it's some got, body there. It's mm-hmm. not like yeah, it's got yeah. yeah, it's not it's not thin for sure. It's got some fullness to it, and you could just hear how that would cut through a mix without yeah. without much processing at all. Right, uh, that you would need to do maybe roll off a little bit of the bottom if it's got some rumble or something. But that's just kind of a classic rock and roll miking technique <laughs> that works in like 99 yeah. out of 100. That is the absolute yeah. failsafe. If if you're in the worst conditions and you have whatever you know if you got a 57 you stick it in front of a mic cab you'll do okay most of the time granted you have decent tone (laughs) (laughs) right right that's important so for the next one we did the same thing but with a ribbon mic yep and you'll again hear how that's wildly different (laughs) than, than the 57 
That sounds exactly the same to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, as, as different as that as the acoustic sounded, that's all. That's even more different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting all that low end that you didn't get with the 57. Yeah, it's like it feels good though. Yeah, you know, there's that that low end's very nice, and that's no EQ. Again, that's just flat with actually, sorry, a little high pass filter. The ribbons do this thing on electrics where it, it feels like the mic gives a little bit. That's the only way I can describe it. It's not a technical term, but it doesn't feel, the 57 feels so responsive and like upfront on it. And the ribbon feels soft. Like it yeah, takes- Yeah, there's a bounce. Yeah, exactly. It takes a second for it to react to the sound. And for loud guitars, for rock stuff, it's got this nice thing that happens. I, I just, it, they work really well. Yeah, together, what you're going to hear next they make they complement each other so well. So this one is they're both set at unity. So the same gain, both mics up at the same, you know, place on the the cab and everything, both at unity gain. That's what I would call best of both worlds. Sure. That sounds awesome. You have all that body with all the bite, and it's great. Yeah, that 57 really just pokes through, you know, and grabs that little mid-range that that, um, that, that ribbon's missing, but it's in, a, it's in a great way. The bottom of that ribbon is really filling out what the 57's not giving you. Yep. Now, right. again, like an acoustic guitar, you may not want something that full all the time. It might, this might be for that intro part that's by itself at the beginning of a song or something like that where you just need a big, full, awesome sound. But then once the sound kicks in, maybe you mix it differently. Yeah. So the next thing is the same sort of thing, but I, I mixed them. So the 57 was at Unity, and then that last one felt a little woofy to me. It felt great, a little woofy. So instead of both of them at even levels, the, uh, the ribbon was down about 8 dB from the 57. Let's hear that. That's the only guitar sound I ever want to hear. <laughs> Print it. <laughs> That's what I, I would say. I, right I love that. I love it. I love it. It's to me that feels more like EQing a guitar amp, you know, or yeah. or using outboard gear than it does. You know, these other mic techniques we've talked about are spectrum shaping. You know, how how broad do you want it to feel in the the right to left part of the the spectrum? This is more like tone shaping to me. So you've got the frequencies that are missing, and you're adding them in to taste. Right and trying to, but still trying to balance it. I I think that sounds awesome. It's got, again, I agree with you. It was woofy a little bit on the last one, even though it sounded full. Right, and this kind of tames that. And you know, with a little bit of EQ and compression, you can maybe even fine tune it a little bit further. Yeah, and that can change throughout the song, like John even mentioned. You know, or you know, you can bring just the ribbon in or just fifty seven in, combine them for different parts for the solo. Maybe right up that fifty seven, you get some bite. It's almost like. Like you were saying, with tone, it's almost like hitting a presence, you know, pedal or something. Yeah, like a tube screamer or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you get totally. all that just with microphones and just with a mix. You can you have when you have two things that sound that complement each other, but also sound totally different. You have endless options with with mix. You can do sort of the same thing with a with two different parts and and right and left balance them with you know the part on the left being the fifty seven and the part on the right being the being the, uh, the yeah, ribbon. that'll definitely widen out the image a lot. For sure, especially if it's a doubled part. It 
it can it can work really well in that in that case. Yeah, I do a lot of what I do is if I if I get a song to mix, whether I engineered it or not, is just use the fifty seven for all the verses. I just mute the rest the ribbon track, say, and then for the chorus, that's your chorus boost. You don't even need automation. Well, it's volume automation. You can leave your volume exactly the same, and you just have that that ribbon supporting it, and all of a sudden you got this different, bigger uh, guitar tone. It sounds awesome. Love it. So for the next example, same kind of concept. We ha- we we're going to show you the 57 first, and then the ribbon. But these are both uh, now distant. They were about two feet back, if I remember. A little more problem. Maybe yeah. maybe like three. Did you have to correct me on air? Well, there's. Two and three are different. <laughs> so they're about three feet. They're about three feet back, uh, but still pointed directly at the amp. Um, and there were, I mean, the amp, this is the amp is pretty low to the ground, and they were about mid speaker level. Yeah. So totally different. But if you listen, listen to a Cream record, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds like that. Oh, off the thing, amp cranked. It's got a lot of uh, kind of aggression, but it's a totally different, less in your face sound. That's to me sounds like if you figured out a way to make a microphone out of a trash can lid. (laughs) 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 I don't. It just doesn't work for me. It's so thin. Yeah, it's it's too. It's all the bad things about a fifty-seven, accentuated. You know, there's no body. It's it's sharp. Uh, it doesn't work with this amp combination. I don't think no at at all. That being said, there are definitely times where you want in in a mix or a song or or an arrangement where you want a part to feel different from the rest of a song. Right. And this is a great way to do that. Pull the mic back a little bit, even if it's the same tone and the same guitar and the same amp. It's gonna sound different for sure. Or just for your double, if you're doing a double on the same side or the same yeah. panning, Give some that space. can really help. Mm-hmm. That way you get the the kind of, you know, the layers happening, but you have a totally different tone that you don't have to unnaturally sculpt the EQ, which is nice. Sometimes you don't have to do that with an EQ. You can do it with mic technique. Or reverbs. It, it can, reverb, reverb is great. You need reverb. Either can sound really artificial, it whether can. it's an effect yeah. or just a super carved out EQ. Yeah. Nothing's going to sound... Uh, like that, really. That's right. Yeah, that, that's the only way you're going to get that exact sound. Yeah. So let's listen to it with the ribbon and see if that sounds any better. Yep. So to me, that's a little bit more usable. Yeah, you have some, you, you at least have some body. Right, right. <laughs> it still sounds different. And it's not like if you're only doing one guitar track, I would not mic it like this. Right, but it but it's got something kind of cool. It's got a little bit of mojo to it. Yeah, if, and maybe just thinking about it, if you had if that guitar tone was screaming, right, it that might suit this <laughs> technique. You, know, you don't want to suit your guitar <laughs> sound to your mic technique. It should probably be the other way. <laughs> right, but it might work well to a uh, to distant mic, like just a loud screaming guitar part. The the thing that I like this kind of thing. F- or technique for, I said thing four times there. The thing I like this technique for is you got maybe a real wet sound that's got a little bit of breakup on it. It kind of gives you that like roomy slap thing, but in a different way. It reminds me of like um, Black Keys 
or uh, Jack White, something that they would do. Yeah. It, it's definitely not a traditional guitar sound, but it sounds cool. Yeah. So here those are mixed together. Um, this one, since that, I thought the ribbon sounded a little better, I favored the ribbon in the mix a little more. Um, almost that same thing. So like ribbons at Unity, uh, 57, was just kind of faded in for some bite down at around negative eight or so. Yeah, I don't hate that. That sounds pretty cool. I I think that maybe in a bigger room it would sound even better. Yeah. It, it's still, it's you're getting a, almost a claustrophobic feel from that room. It does and, feel worked. It feels, it feels like you can feel it working. The room and the tone and everything working. Yeah, but I, but I like that better. It's got the bite of the 57 does kind of work in that context where it's not as loud and upfront and the only thing. Um, mm. and, and again, the, the, the body of the ribbon really works in this case. And something I'm noticing there is, is even though, you know, the mics are positioned, we, we align the capsule and everything, because you're getting so much more play and the room is bouncing off each other and that kind of thing, it sounds phasey to me with the two together. Right. Um, even though it is there because it's a figure eight and because of whatever, even though it's, it's aligned, it sounds a little phasey, but sometimes phasey is cool. Sure. If it's a thing, it's a thing. So for the next example, we thought we would take the best of both worlds and see how they sounded together. We put the 57 back up close on the amp and kept the ribbon distant. And this is what it sounded like. I don't know. It sounds different. You know, I don't, I don't love that. I don't hate it. I kind of like the close mics, especially in that room a little bit. But... That was better than the 57 off off the cab for sure. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that that has a sound. It's almost it, the um, low end of the ribbon is, is I don't Loose. know. It's little, yeah, it's a little tubby yep. uh, in that example. And I feel like you would end up rolling that off and then what? <laughs> why wouldn't you just use the 57? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know that that, I definitely liked them close mixed a lot better than this. So how would you think about these differently as a producer or an engineer? Yeah, as a, as a producer, you, you kind of you probably have a, a good idea of what kind of tones you want and what kind of tones you're going to be using, and, and uh, you're thinking down the line a little bit. So you might say, you know, I want this ambient sound. If you're in a nice room, maybe let's mic the thing 20 feet away and, uh, and, and try some stuff. Um, as an engineer, you might want to think, yeah, that's cool, but you might ch change your mind down the road. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick a 57 up right on the, right on the speaker as well to save, to save us down the road if, if, if we need to. It almost is never a bad idea just to put a 57 on the speaker. Yeah, if, if you have the channels, do it. No, There's nothing wrong with safety nets. Sure. It's a little bit more, um, you have to put a little bit more thought into it when it comes to the acoustic examples. Right. Um, safety nets there are a little bit more complicated. Um, but in, in most of those techniques, you could probably, even in the stereo ones, you could use one of those mics as a mono, yeah. you, know, you know, in, in, in a pinch. But it definitely helps as a producer if you're thinking, I'm going to do this song as a guitar 
vocal with sparse maybe strings or something like that, and you can communicate to your engineer, I'm thinking of a wide guitar sound. I want right. it to fill up. And, and maybe, you, you know, obviously don't tell them how to do it, but you, you have a better idea of what those sound like if you've tried out these techniques. And as an engineer, when your producer says, I want a wide guitar sound, you can decide between an XY and a space pair, you know, yeah. if, if you want something like that. And just experiment, you know. Absolutely. Some, again, sometimes you might not be going for that ambient thing, but just throw it up and throw up the mic and see where it is. And, you know, we, we were working in that room, you know, so if we had another five feet of space, that 57 up close and the, you know, the ribbon even 10 feet further back might've sounded even cooler or, or even the same thing with a, with an acoustic. We didn't do any real distant acoustic miking, but you know, sometimes that's fun too. You don't usually listen to an acoustic with your face 10 inches from it usually right. are a couple feet off so if you think about that sometimes that's a that's a cool thing to go for as well you can also experiment with uh the vertical placement of the mics yeah so you know maybe it sounds really low end heavy when you have the mic down close to the floor but if you pick it up a few feet maybe it sounds cool yeah like you said experiment it's fun this yeah, is always. A, this is a fun part of recording <laughs> I, I like this episode it was, absolutely it was, it was cool thank you for listening we really appreciate it. Yeah, all the feedback helps us, which will hopefully <laughs> help you guys. Sure. You know, if, if, if we give you what you want, hopefully, uh, yeah, it's better for everybody. If you're out there trying any of these techniques and you've got a YouTube channel or an Instagram feed that you put something up, tag us in it. And yeah. We'd love to check it out and hear it. Anyway, we, to hear from you guys is great. So we always appreciate that. Thank you to Eric for spending all the time mixing these. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, dude. Tune in in two weeks for the next episode. Thanks.